Today's reading is Exodus 20, verses 1 to 21, which can be found on page 77 in the Church Bible. And God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above, or on earth beneath, or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honour your father and mother, so you may live longer in the land your Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbour. You shall not covet your neighbour's house. You shall not covet your neighbour's wife, nor his male, male or female servant, his ox or his donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbour. When the people saw the thunder and lightning, and heard the trumpet, and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled in fear. They stayed at a distance, and said to Moses, Speak to us yourself, and we will listen. But do not let God speak to us, or we will die. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that, you, so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. People, the people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning, church. It is wonderful to be able to have the opportunity to serve together at the Pathfinder service. Thomas, thank you for reading, and thank you for all the Pathfinder leaders and other Pathfinders who've assisted today and served in the church today. The Ten Commandments are probably some of the most well-known passages in the Bible. It's been used for good and for bad. If you are ever on social media, at some point you'll see something that says, the Ten Commandments of whatever. Uh, the Ten Commandments of loving your husband. The Ten Commandments of uh, being faithful at work. The Ten Commandments of doing this. The Ten Commandments of doing that. But there is only one true Ten Commandments. And that's the Ten Commandments given by God. Um, it's interesting. There was a time in a Sunday school class when a teacher was giving the Ten Commandments to the children. And it was a five or six year old type of age group. And the teacher was explaining to the children... You shall honor your, your parents. You know, this is the first commandment of promise. And this, this teaches us how we should respond to our parents. And all the teachers, all the children say, that's fantastic. And then the teacher said, do you think there's any commandment that teaches us how to relate to our brothers and sisters? And one little boy puts up his hand and he says, thou shalt not kill. <laughs> <laughs> Ten commandments have been used all the time. 
today in the service. You're not going to look too much at the Ten Commandments, you're going to look a little bit at them. Uh, but we're going to look at this passage in three different parts. We're going to look at the section before the Ten Commandments, we'll look at the Ten Commandments, and we'll look at the section after the Ten Commandments. I will remind you that this is an all-age service, and so there are children in the service, and so I'll, I'll use words that are easier to understand sometimes, uh, but the, the content will be still be able to understood by both children and adults. So that's what we're looking forward to. Let's pray. Father, as we come into your presence, we know that your word is true and good. We thank you for your word, and we thank you as we hear from your word now that you would speak through me, through your word, through your spirit to each one of us. We pray that what I say would pass away, but your word would not pass away. In Jesus' name, amen. So, when we begin to look at this passage on the Ten Commandments, it starts off with verses 1 and 2. I need to keep pressing this, the section before the Ten Commandments. Okay, it starts with verse 1 and 2, and this, these verses tell us that this passage is actually talking about an agreement that God is making with the people of Israel. So, it tells us that there are people involved and how they are related to each other. So, verses 1 and 2 says, And God spoke all these words, I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. So, we see here that it is God who's creating this agreement, and He is the God of Israel. Not just of Israel, but of each Israelite individually. I am the Lord, your God. He has taken them out of, Israel, of Egypt, and He has put them in this place. Now, what's really amazing about this is that this God that is spoken about here, the Bible tells us he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same God in the Old Testament as in the New Testament. This God who is in this passage is the God that we serve and we love in the New Testament. Um, and these two verses tell us the good news about what God does. In this passage, he is talking to the Israelites, and he says, I have taken you out of slavery to Egypt and brought you to this mountain. I have delivered you. I have saved you from those people. And the same way today, we too have been slaves. We've been slaves to the things that we do wrong. Our very nature wants us to do wrong things against God. And God says, I want to be your God who brings you out of that slavery and makes an agreement with you. So like in the Old Testament, in this book in Exodus, God is taking the people away from their sin, away from their slavery. He wants to do the same thing for us. He wants to make an agreement with us. And the amazing thing is, the Bible promises us that the agreement he has with us is new and better. He's promised a greater thing for us. Um, it's fantastic, you know. When I look at this passage... And as we're going through the book of Exodus, we've now got to Exodus chapter 20. We've gone through 19 chapters explaining how God heard the cries of Israel, how God created a deliverer, how God saved that deliverer when everybody else was dying. He brought him up in the house of Pharaoh to learn about Egyptian ways. He took him out of Egypt and brought him to a house of Midian, a priest of Midian, so he could learn God's ways. And then he brought them back to the Israelites so that he could bring them out. He went through the plagues and he saved them. He kept them safe. He allowed them to come out of Egypt 
and the army followed them and he destroyed the army. They started to get hungry and he gave them food. They started to get thirsty and he gave them water. He led them by fire and led them by a pillar of cloud. He was there for them at all time. What was his expectations of them? He hadn't given to them yet. He had saved them by his grace. Not because of anything great they did. In fact, they kept doing things wrong. (laughs) They kept grumbling and complaining as we heard before. But God still saved them. And that's the amazing thing about our God today. That he saves us. Doesn't matter about our situation. Doesn't matter how we respond to him. He saves us by his grace. Not by the things that we do. He brings us into his family. And then he allows his word to teach us how to live. So, Ten Commandments. Very simple. I'm going to ask you to do the same thing Jen asked you to do earlier, which is not what we always do in church, but to close your Bibles. And I've asked Grace, I'm going to come forward. And Grace is going to grab the box of chocolates and uh, Karibos from Amanda. And sorry if you're at home, you're not getting any chocolates today. There's lots of chocolates being handed out. I really wish you could have been here. Um, But I'm going to see who can tell me one of the Ten Commandments. It doesn't matter if you don't know them. We have just read them, so you might have a good idea of some of them. But we're going to see that as a church, we can find all ten. So who can tell me the first one? Lachlan. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not kill. Yes. Thou shalt not steal. Wonderful. Yes, Janet. Thou shalt not covet. Honor your father and mother. How many have we got, sir? Worship only the Lord your God. So that's one, two, three, four, five. Keep the Sabbath. I think that's five so far. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. Do not steal. Have you had that one yet? Yes, you had. Do not steal. Do not commit adultery. Do not commit false witness. But put your hand up if you've already given, given an answer so Grace can give you a sweet. She might forget. I think we've got two more. Yes? Say again. Do not make false idols. Good one. One more, I think. I think it's the fifth one. Have we, has anybody said, honor your parents? Uh, honor your parents has been said. Did I miss one out then? Covered, false witness, steal, adultery, murder. Parents, Sabbath. God's name in vain, graven images. No other gods before me. I think we did them all. Well done. As a church, congratulations. Okay, thank you. Just give it back to Amanda. Did anybody not get a chocolate? I was supposed to get a chocolate. Justine didn't get one. And Zoe didn't get one. You didn't give to your two sisters. Hmm. <laughs> so, the Ten Commandments. So these ones have been taught over the years in fact, over thousands of years, to Jewish people and Christian people uh, through the ages. They've been memorized as part of Sunday school classes, confirmation classes, baptism classes, catechisms, and Christian classes, Jewish classes. And I think they're very, very important. I think they definitely should be applied in our lives. In fact, Jesus thought about it, and he summed up the Ten Commandments in these words. He said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. 
Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. I'll just wait for Gracie to finish off there. She's looking a little bit like she wants to take one as well. And uh, I like the way that Jesus did that. I think it's very important that we recognize the commandments are broken into two different sections. And often these commandments are broken into four commandments to love God and six commandments to love other people. But I've done it slightly different. And so I've done five commandments to love God and five commandments uh, to love your neighbor. And I really, really do that because I think the fifth commandment on your parents shows us that by honoring your parents, you honor God. Um, so that's, that's the Ten Commandments. And I'm going to do those Ten Commandments in our all-age slots from now till Easter. So you're not going to go too much into all of them in case you've got some questions about one or two of those commandments. We will go into them a little bit more thoroughly, two commandments at a time, every, every week until Easter. So, uh, we love God by worshipping and using His name properly. We love our parents by honoring them. We love our spouses by being faithful to them. We love our neighbors by protecting their lives, respecting their property, and telling them the truth. The Ten Commandments is all about love. The God who gave these commandments is a God of love, who wants us to love Him and to share His love with others. 1 John 5 verse 3 says, Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I too will love them and show myself to them. I like the way the Ten Commandments are repeated in Romans chapter 13. He says, Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And whatever other commandment there may be are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Love is shown to God and our neighbors through obeying God's law. When we break that law, we see the need for the gospel. We see that as wonderful as God and his law is, we all fail at loving him and keeping his, his laws. Uh, we cannot be saved by the keeping of that law. We cannot do it very well because we do not do it. And that is the reason why Jesus came when he did. He kept the whole law, not just these Ten Commandments, but the rest of the laws in Exodus and Leviticus, so that we do not have to. He did it perfectly. And then he took our wrongdoings on the cross with him and suffered the penalty for doing wrong. Uh, for, our, for our failure to keep the law, Christ died on the cross. He suffered for us, so we do not have to. He kept the law because we cannot. Um, and that's one of the sad things we do. Uh, we, we fail at this law. And even though this covenant was, or this agreement was made with the Israelites, and another new agreement was made with us, each and every person who had this agreement failed at some point. And because of that, we come to the section after the Ten Commandments. Um, and this is the part, I think, that really breaks God's heart. And unfortunately, is still prevalent today. So let me read those verses to you. 
Uh, if, you've, if you close the Bibles, you can reopen them. It's on page 78, uh, Exodus 20, verses 18 to 21. And it says, When the people saw the thunder and the lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance. And said to Moses, Speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. God has come to test you. So the fear of God will be with you and to keep you from sinning. The people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. Can I ask you to close your eyes for a second and just use a little bit of imagination? So I want you to imagine there's this huge, huge mountain and you're in a crowd of people. There's smoke everywhere on the mountain and you know God is there. And then the lightning begins. You look around and you think, can I speak to that God? Will he kill me? Would he be able to hear my voice? Would I dare be in his presence? I'm scared. And that's how the Israelites felt. They looked at this mountain, they saw the lightning, or they heard the lightning, or heard the thunder, saw the lightning, saw the smoke, and they were scared to approach God. And Moses was like, don't you get it? God is helping you to fear him so that you don't sin. And they said, no, I don't want any part of that. I can't be that close to God. Separate me. You be the one who talks to God. You be the one who speaks on our behalf. They said to Moses. One of the sad things about this verse is that it's still prevalent today. I think maybe we're not as afraid of God as they were. We don't see the smoke and the lightning. But I think sometimes we've just become bored or disinterested in the presence of God. Uh, I wonder, as Christians sometimes, when was the last time we read the Bible uh, by ourselves, not in church, in order just to hear God's voice? Uh, Just to spend time in God's presence. When was the last time we spent time in prayer not to bring our prayer request to God, but just to wait on Him and to glorify Him and to give Him praise. I think it's really difficult to do sometimes. I think it, when we have our quiet times in the morning, when we have our devotional times of God in the evenings, whatever they might be, we, we have a plan and a purpose we want to stick to. Uh, maybe we want to try and read the Bible in a year, so we read through three chapters very quickly. Maybe we have a prayer list where we want to pray for the missionaries, we want to pray for the ministers of the church, we want to pray for a certain group of people. And so we pray those prayers, read those chapters, and then think, We've done our duty. We spend time with God. But have we really spent time with God? Other times I think other, other Christians will think, well, we come to church on Sundays. The minister reads the Bible to us. He explains it to us. Someone prays out of the front. Someone leads us in a confession. That's our Christian duty done for the week. Uh, we're okay. That's it. Someone else has done the hard work. Someone else has approached God's presence. Someone else has been up the mountain into the smoke and the lightning. I can be by myself. I can enjoy the blessings of God, but not do some of that difficult stuff myself. And I think that kind of breaks God's heart. Uh, 
uh, I think we get to a place where we want to be what we want to do. Uh, we, we're in a world where we're rushing by and spending time in God's presence takes, takes too long. Uh, as we'll hear later on, maybe next week, when Moses went up to that mountain, it took a long time to be in God's presence. And people couldn't wait that long. How long do we, do we wait for God? Um, how long do we spend time in God's presence and spend time in his word? Uh, can I encourage you? If you are a believer in church, uh, if, if you call yourself a Christian, uh, can you spend more time in God's word and in prayer? Can you use the time that you have not just to get things done, but to wait, to wait on his word, to wait on his, on his, on, on his presence, to let him speak to you as well as you speak to him. Use God's word to teach you how to love him and how to love others. It is difficult to do sometimes because there are so many other things pressing against us. But God encourages us to spend time with him. And if you're not a believer in, in my God, uh, can I encourage you to spend time in his word and examine the truth that it contains? Can I ask you to look at the world around us and recognize that we're in slavery? That there is many things that are trying to make us be separated from our God. There are many ways in which the world is changing us and putting us into systems that take us away from our Creator. And Jesus can set us free. Uh, if this is something that you're looking for or longing to do, please feel free to come speak to myself afterwards or, or speak to Bart, our minister, or uh, one of the other Christians that are here. But can I encourage you, if you're not a Christian, or don't call yourself a believer, that you do look at God's word and spend time in it. Look at the world around you. Recognize the slavery that we're in and find out the truth about what God is doing. This passage says so much to us about the people of Israel. It says so much about the God of Israel. But the truth is, it says so much to us about who we are and our relationship with that God. Remember, he is the same God in the Old Testament as it is in the New Testament. Remember that he saved the people of Israel without them having to do anything. They came. They followed him. He saved them by grace. And now he's bringing them to a place where he's going to teach them how to live. In the same way for our lives, God is willing to call each one of us into a place of joy with him. And he gives us his word to teach us how to live. He gives us the ability to read that word in the language that we know. He gives us the ability to spend time in prayer with him. I was thinking to myself earlier when we had our prayer meeting, two people started praying at the same time, and uh, neither of them were sure about which one was going to stop first. And I thought, you know, we don't understand a word that's going on, but God does that all the time. God hears every single prayer all the time, Eight million people could be speaking, eight billion people could be speaking to him at the same time, and he hears each prayer individually and answers each one individually. Our God is amazing. Amen? Let me just pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the Ten Commandments. Thank you for the fact that we can love you and love our neighbors. But thank you that you did the work for us. Thank you that you have created an agreement with us a promise to be there for us, to forgive our sins, and to allow us to have newness of life. 
We know the Israelites were walking towards a promised land, that they were following your law in order to get into that land. But we have a greater and a better agreement with you. And the promised land we have is time with you. Help us to desire that. Help us to look for that while we are here on this earth. Help us to love you with all our hearts, with all our minds, with all our strength. In Jesus' name, amen.